like that right here. Welcome back to a 512 edition of Bald Online. This is where my man Patrick Davis picks local artists and lets you know where they will be playing this weekend. Patrick, who is this and where will they be this weekend? This is the legendary W.C. Clark, and he is going to be playing Saturday at Saxon Pub. Man. W.C. Clark, no, he's been around for a minute. You can tell that voice anywhere. <laughs> Sounds so smooth, man. He's been around for a minute. Got some, uh, It's got some wisdom in that it voice? It does. It's got some knowledge <laughs> that he's dropping right there. That man lived through some things. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, I love um, that right there. Uh, thanks, my man Patrick, always hooking us up, man, on a 512 Friday. I've heard from plenty of folks out there. It's their favorite musically-themed day of the week, so appreciate Patrick and all of his efforts. Okay, we got uh, some NFL topics we're going to dive into, but I want to play this Quinny Ewers uh, VY sound first. Can we, ha- we get this ready, uh, Patrick? Um, I- I'm not sure when this was. I'm not sure if this was recent. Like I'm talking about Big 12 Media Days recent. or this. I know it actually has been since he cut the mullet, because he doesn't have the mullet in the video. So we know it's somewhat recent. Because when did he cut the mullet? 2023? Early 2023? Yeah, it happened early this off season, season. right? Yeah, it was so during he cut the season. mullet early yeah. this offseason. So he's hanging out with VY, and they asked him at Big 12 Media Days, um, about hanging out with VY and his relationship with VY. And he did say that the advice VY always gives him is you'd have fun. You'd have more fun. Basically, like, yep. I, I'm seeing you out there. You ain't having enough fun. You'd have more fun. I love that advice from and VY. And VY is somebody that had fun. Yeah. And it's no, fun when you're winning, too. I totally agree. When you are in, it, it's tough. It's not all forms of entertainment. But I do think sports is a form of entertainment. Yeah. When you are in entertainment business in some ways it is i think important it almost pivotal that you have fun yourself absolutely otherwise the people are not i told you we start talking oh, show. Man. my my advice was listen if we're not having fun doing the show nobody's gonna have fun listening and they to the gonna show. know that we ain't having they fun gonna know we ain't having show. fun yep. it's like that couple you know they're miserable yep. you're like man they seem like they hate each other and they do. They always acting like they nice, like yeah. they don't like each other. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Exactly. Yeah, you, you can, can tell. tell. They don't like each other. <laughs> yes, people can tell yeah. when you're not having fun. And I think VY's observation of him is like, I don't know if you're always having fun out there. Yeah. I mean, I know you're always working hard, trying hard, always focused, that kind of thing. But in the midst of all that, you got to be having fun. Yes, There's, I agree. Th- th- these, are, these are probably going to be the funnest times of your life. Out there on that field. Yeah, because real life comes at you. Comes at you. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, there's only a limited amount of reps you're going to have. That mm-hmm. joy you, you get out there on that field, man, yeah. it, you, don't waste it. Don't <laughs> agree. Don't let any moment, cherish it. All yep. right? Don't let any moment go by where you don't feel grateful for it. So here is Quinn, and he actually gets into this too, but here's Quinn hanging out with VY and them having a little bit of a conversation uh, with the Longhorn Network guys. Anything I always say to have fun. When I see him, every time I go to practices or whatever, I say, oh, you having fun. Because it's, it's tough to be a quarterback at the University of Texas. So that's why I always tell him, Malik, and all the rest of the guys, hey, are you having fun? That's all I ask. It's a kid's game at the end of the day. We're, and, and both of us have the ability and had the chance and the opportunity to, to play at such a great university like Texas. And obviously... He's a legend here, and uh, I just kind of want to be like the same thing he is, man. You know? He cut his hair. I was like, what's going on? I was trying to grow mine out, but you know, <laughs> I was about to wear mine like he is. <laughs> yeah, it was time to let that thing go. <laughs> I love Vy's laugh. Actually, I was going to say, Vy's laugh is so natural. And easy. <laughs> <It> is, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I I'm glad that my biggest 
I think that what I think the biggest uh, advice or at least influence, maybe it's a better term, that VY could have on a young quarterback like Quinn Ewers, I like to have fun things. I think it relates to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you can't really and try to quantify a player's uh, natural instinct, call that it quality. Yep. But it's going to be really important this year, imperative, that Quinn Ewers is a better second reaction player. That he can salvage broken plays. Um, you know what I mean? Like and, and improvise off script and be able to still make plays off schedule. That's going to be important. Now, in Sark's offense, Sark doesn't envision anybody ever having to be off script or improvise or be off schedule. I remember giving the stat that Mac Jones and the, the, the perfect Sark offense is a Sark offense that won the national title at Alabama with Mac Jones running it. And Mac Jones had to go to his second read like less than 10% of the time. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they was that open. Yeah, he just did. Yeah, yeah right. they were that open. He just didn't have to. He didn't have to go through progressions yeah, very often. Like he didn't. He, yeah. It was guys were wide open, just the way that Sark schemed it open. That Texas is not there yet, and I think last year, not not this this past season, but twenty twenty one when Sark first got here, uh, that was the challenge for Casey Thompson, and why Casey Thompson fit better in the offense than a guy like Hudson Card, because Hudson Card were wanted the offense to work on schedule, on time, and. Honestly, that offense wasn't necessarily constructed well enough right. to, to operate on time on schedule. Now, this offense will have more success operating on time, on schedule. You won't have to worry about second reaction plays. But the reason I bring up VY is because the most famous play in the history of Texas football, arguably in the history of college football, is a second reaction improvisation play. Yeah. And it's VY, play broken down. All right, now I got to make a play. That's 50% of football. what he do. Yes, and that's 50% of football. Like 50% of the game is just, oh, the play the coach called didn't work. Right. Now I got to go out here and make a damn play. And that's for everybody on the field. And I think for Quinn, because he hasn't had a lot of reps in the last few years, he's uncomfortable off script. He's uncomfortable off schedule. He's uncomfortable when he's uh, having to work out of rhythm. And I think we got to get him better at that. There's a great quote from – Bill Walsh, when Bill Walsh was asked by John Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, got my Harbaughs mixed up. They asked out by there. Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> hey, you know, how what what do I look for in a quarterback? Right? What what should I be looking for in a quarterback? What do you look for in a quarterback? And Bill Walsh, and this is Jim Harbaugh's quote. So I'm gonna read his quote about Bill Walsh. He said, It's in the name of Bill Walsh. I spent time with Bill Walsh before he passed away during my first year at Stanford. And I asked him one day, what do you look for in a quarterback? By the way, Steve Sarkeesian's asked him this same question, too. But he got a different response. Um, <laughs> he said, I look for athletic instincts. Um, Bill Walsh said, I asked Walsh what he meant by that. And he said, it means he's the best athlete in the entire high school. He could go make the basketball team. He could be the sixth man. He could go make the soccer team. He can swim. He can field balls from center field. He can be a shortstop. Could probably pitch on the baseball team. And, and Bill Walsh went on to say, the, the quality I basically I'm looking for is an instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations. Damn. Only Bill Walsh could put it like that. An instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations. Walsh said some of his quarterback's greatness was that his spontaneous instincts would break loose between 10 to 15 percent of the time, often making what Walsh called a phenomenal difference in the result of the game. That's what Quinn Ewers has got to get better at. That 10 to 15 percent, 
at what Bill Walsh called an instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations. Spontaneous instincts would break loose. Now, some guys use it all the time. Johnny Manziel, he was basically 90% spontaneous instincts. All that. You don't want too much of that. No. <laughs> but you, you would not. like enough sprinkled in that when a, you know what, when the, it's the perfect defense called and the offensive line broke down, pass protection broke down. Oh, man, the route combination didn't work because there's a really good DB out there and he played press coverage, reroute the wide receiver. I need my quarterback to go out there and make a play based on their instinctive, spontaneous, natural response to situations, yep. as Bill Walsh called it. I love that. That's what you learn from V from VY. Yeah. Because yeah. VY, and Cole had that too. Cole I was, was great. Say, at that. Cole was Cole definitely was great an awesome guy. He really was great off script. How much yeah. I bet you were great off script? I was. <laughs> well, I, I you were a great athlete, sure. though. Yeah, I tried You're... not to. I tried not to stay in one spot too long, yeah. just because of the fact that I knew we could make some plays that weren't the way that they were supposed to be. And it's the defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. Yep. I can't game plan for that. I game plan for the four five seconds where I got to defend yep. the skill positions where I'm trying to get pressure on the quarterback. And let's say I get pressure on the quarterback, I collapse the pocket, defended the wide receivers, rerouted them, and then this dude breaks the pocket yep. and starts improvising, improvising, keeping the play alive, yep. looking downfield to throw, or he can run. It's a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare is off script and off schedule. I understood. So that's what I want to see from Quinn Ewers. A little bit more of that. What have I been saying the entire time? You have been saying it. I've been saying You've been saying it, it since day one. I was like, you really on, dog. Were. You got to run a little bit, man. Do yeah. some things different. If it's not there, run around a little bit. I'm not telling you to go get your head knocked off. No. Keep the chains moving. Yep. Give some positive. Because yep. yeah, exactly. there have been opportunities for you to get outside the pocket and get yourself three, four, maybe five yards and then dip down. He I'm trying to get you to live a little bit more. He listened to you at the end of the year. He did. He started scrambling. That's when he decided, oh, you know yeah. what? I got to mm-hmm. go make plays because people booing. Yeah, you know he did. <laughs> you know what and I'm then saying? Sark even designed him a, a touchdown. Plays, that's it's right. a Baylor game. Yeah. He got the rushing touchdown. Well, he got a rushing touchdown. It was Baylor game. He got that rushing TD. Yeah. yeah. So I'm with you. I, I, I agree with you. I think you said that. Oh, man, you might have said that. Maybe Oklahoma State. I, I, know. It was, I it said was it early multiple on. times. It was really early on. Yeah. But you said he he should run more. I'm like, why doesn't he run? And then teams base. And then you know who did though? Yeah. Hudson Card. Exactly. When Hudson Card got in there, he, he went off script because he learned his lesson from the year before Boom. dealing with Casey Thompson. Exactly. He's like, Casey Thompson was like, dude, you better run. Yeah. You got that. If you can get a first down, coach will not yell at you for missing the missing the read. He's like, there was a guy open. Yeah, coach, we got another play. Start I got it another over. first Let's down. So it leave up. me alone. <laughs> we know you're not going to run the same play again because you, <laughs> you don't play the hits. Exactly. <laughs> coach is not going to complain. He yep. may be upset. You could have gotten a bigger play down the field. Yep. You get a first down, coach will get back on that play sheet. Exactly. Ain't gonna complain about that. Right back on that play sheet, man. Uh, All right. So uh, getting to some NFL uh, discussion here, NFL news, notes, and nuggets. You sent this uh, this actually ranking, and this is from Pro Football Focus, or one of their writers, I should say, from Pro Football Focus, and they rank the top ten most draftable Mm -hmm. wide receivers coming out in the 2024 uh, wide receiver class. Trevor, uh, I think his name is Sakima. I think it is Sakima. Um, but I could be wrong about that. He Obviously, he does good work. Actually, I follow him on Twitter. Um, but here's the, the receivers he listed as the top 10 most draft-eligible receivers in college football for the 2024 draft. Marvin Harrison Jr., who is right now, people are saying he's going to go number two overall. Yeah. Behind Caleb Williams. They, yeah, if Caleb Williams wasn't in, if they got a quarterback already, 
They're going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Right now, they're saying if Arizona gets the one and two pick, oh, which yeah. they could, yeah. especially after the oh, trade yeah, they made with the right. Texans, right. that they're going to draft Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. That would be crazy, though, guys. That would be The amount of money they still – it would be outstanding. The amount of money they still have invested in Kyler Murray, who the hell is going to trade for Kyler Murray in that contract? Yeah. With him still – you see, he's still talking trash yeah, and talking I crazy. yesterday. He's still talking crazy. Hey, but if things don't work, I'm going to call my own play. And it's like, he oh, ain't going to play baseball. I, I got a feeling somebody's going to end up I playing t- baseball. what I tell you? I think you might be right about that, man. I was like, this dude may. Him and the NFL like, don't seem like they, they, they get along very I well. I think that his rights are still owned right now by the A's? Oakland A's. You mean the Vegas of? I mean, yeah, by the time he goes Vegas, there. Yeah, he might be Vegas. That might be why he wants to do it. He'll be like, yeah, let's go ahead and play the Vegas. Right? Yeah. Hey, man, you know what? I yeah. wouldn't play. That'd be a hell of a move, though. Yeah. He basically decided, no, I'm done with this NFL career. It ain't working out. I'm, I'm going to go play baseball. I'm, I'm hurt. hurt all the time. Yeah. Take my guaranteed money, and go I'm going to go play baseball. Yep. Yep. And get be, some more money. That'd be OG. Yeah. That'd be some OG stuff right there. I'm kind of rooting for it now. <laughs> kind of rooting for it. Uh, okay, so they got Marvin Harrison Jr., number one. They got uh, Malik Neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, the LSU wide receiver, uh, also on here. I don't know if they, they didn't rank him, so I shouldn't say number one. They right. just listed him. But I think we all know Marvin Harrison Jr. is the number one wide out listed. Uh, they got Emika Ekbika, the other Ohio State wide receiver. Imagine that. Think yeah. about all their wide receivers that have been first round draft picks, impactful draft picks, and it's been year after year after year. Brian Hartline, man. And Brian Hartline said Marvin Harrison Jr. is better than all of them. All of them. And they He's, said it. He's coached all of them. He Remember said, no. he Garrett, said, no. Garrett yeah. Wilson said it too. Yeah. No, Garrett right. Wilson said, uh, man, He's better you than know what? Somebody else is cold over here. That's crazy to think. Yeah. I can Garrett Wilson's a th- he's like three or four of those guys are thousand yard receivers Rookie already. Of the Man, yeah. how good is Marvin Harrison Jr.? <laughs> good Lord. Uh, they also have uh, A.D. Mitchell yep. listed on here and Xavier Worthy. Longhorn's got two of them. No doubt. Uh, the list uh, rounds out with Johnny Wilson, Lad, uh, Johnny Wilson out of Florida State, Lad McConkey mm-hmm. uh, out of Georgia, Rome Odunzi uh, mm. out of Washington. We saw him last year. Yeah, we did. Antoine Wells Jr. out of South Carolina. And AM's got Moose Muhammad the third. Yep. Like that. Moose Muhammad. I like it. Um, so it's once again, no matter what ranking we're looking at, Pro Football Focus, Athlon Sports, Pro Football Network, if they're ranking wide receiving rooms and wide receiving groups in college football, Texas has always been in the top two. Or three. Yeah. I haven't seen them outside of the top three in any ranking of any publication. Right. And that just that's that's, that's why how deep that room, that's why the that's expectations yeah. are there. That's why I believe when you asked the question earlier about the over under on mm-hmm. touchdowns. Three I believe three thousand yards and a half, three, and a half yeah. yes. And twenty five and a half for touchdowns. Yeah. And what you said you you're not gonna take the bet. I, no, I'm not gonna take it. But if he's healthy all year, <laughs> I'm not putting money down on it. And like we talked about before, you got to try to make sure that you avoid the injury bug. And if he yeah, can avoid big. that, because you've given the numbers about how many quarterbacks actually oh. finish. I want to uh, say a full six se- times it's happened that yeah. we, a quarterback has finished a full season at Texas. Yeah. And then you sit here. And in, you say, in, in the background, since the background era, I should say. Yeah. And if that is the case and he is able to do that, there's no doubt in my mind that he would be over 3,000 yards and he would have more than 25 touchdowns. And that would put him in the place to be New York City. New York City. Heisman Trophy uh, presentation. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Uh, with all those wideouts, and I'll give Steve Sarkeesian a ton of credit, he said one of his big issues to resolve, um, to try to fix 
this offseason was the passing game. He thought the passing game last year regressed and mm-hmm. it hit, you know, hit kind of a wall and they just couldn't really uh, figure out how to make all the different moving pieces work with the passing game. And he, he, I guess he came to realize that the, one of the biggest issues were that they just kind of ran out of weapons yeah. at wideout. And they went and got, and a lot of that wasn't all their fault. Isaiah Nayor got hurt. And that was a that he was a never big got blow. Troy Amiri on the field. Troy Amiri couldn't get out there, and so that was a big Casey blow. Casey Kane wasn't consistent. He was a, yeah, he was all over. You the know, place. there was there was there was opportunity, and you still waited too long to try to get my man Jay Witt involved. Now that is a travesty. Exactly. What are we waiting on, man? Nobody should be more insulted by a one-handed quarterback throwing to a one-handed wide receiver <laughs> than Jay Witt out there with his hands up like, you serious? I got both mine. I got, I got I've both been dealing mine. with injuries forever, and I'm here oh, for you. I'm finally healthy. And, and y'all can't get me to rock. throwing to the one-hand man? <laughs> and I'm in one-on-one. He's double a double-covered one-hand right. man, and I got one-on-one coverage. Y'all don't want to throw me a screen? Right. And then when they start doing it against TCU, probably the best second-best defense they faced all year? Yes. Second or third, they was man. He was ripping them up Don't with that wide it. receiver screen. Don't do it to me, dog. They couldn't tackle him. Don't do it to me, man. But Sark went to it too late. That's mm-hmm. what, that's one of those games where Sark could have found a way to win Texas a game. Thank you. If he'd have went to stuff like that a little bit earlier, Agreed. and he, he waited too late to go to the things that were working because essentially the TCU was packing the box. They were not going to let Bijan get any room right. in that box. So essentially, I always say, if you're not winning the numbers battle in the box, you know where you are winning it. Outside. outside. You they got can't, to. They can't win both numbers battles. If you lose a numbers battle outside, that means you're winning it inside. Yep. If you're losing it inside, you're winning it outside. And start to figure out, okay, we're losing the numbers battle inside, then what are we going to do? Well, let's just go outside. Right. Take the running game outside, baby. Screen passes, short passes. Figure that out, but a little too late. <laughs> just a wee bit. Just a little bit too late. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. This year, figure that out a quarter quicker. Whole another game. Thing will be totally because they're going to adjust us. and they're going to yep. put defenders out there to stop yep. that wide receiver screen. It's going to open up your box. Agreed. Like these are little little tiny things, little I small like things, but that's it's how process, coach goes to man. win a game. I need yep. sorry, go win a game. They're close games. Go win it. And like you said, I need you to win me a couple this year. I if Sark can, if I can, at the end of the season, say I, I can count two or three games where Sark's schematic advantage won Texas a game. Yep. He made the proper adjustments. He anticipated the counters, and then he was able to come up with a winning fourth quarter game plan. Yes, sir. To close out the opponent. Yes, sir. I haven't been able to say that as much. No, it's been real quiet on that front. Yeah, I don't. It's been real quiet. Honestly, on that front. I'm not gonna lie. The last time I think I might have said that might have been K State in 2021. Mm. Think about it, K State 2021. They that came out with the Wildcat. Yeah, came out that Wildcat though, and just yeah. ran the Wildcat the whole damn game. He was yep. like, okay, committed out all the injuries to quarterbacks. Yep. All the quarterbacks were hurt. Yep. Quarterbacks were injured. Bijan, I think, was hurt too. He had injuries to all of his best players to everything. He's like. And I was in mother. What I say? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. He decided. All right, I got to find a way to just win this damn game. How do I win this damn game? And he made all the right calls to win the game. They were not necessarily the better team in that game. Yeah. Because K State, honestly, K State had their starting quarterback hurt too. Because Will the Peel Howard was starting. Yep. And he burnt off on him for that long run. Down the sideline, I still look. I'm I'm seeing it right now. Right. And, and we're like, how come nobody's closing that angle? No, no. We need <laughs> yeah. to get speed on defense. But that's that was a game that I think Sark schematically gave his team enough of an advantage where they won that game. Yeah. That may be the last I know I'm saying that Sark has not like I'm saying that, you know, Sark is a bad coach or anything. Um, but it's hard to find those specific performances where, oh, he has actually he he won them a game with that schematic adjustment. Right. I can quantify it. Um, with that aggressive mentality, I can quantify it. 
And I want to see that this year. I want to see that more this year. All right. Mm, let's get how to— How far you want to see it, though? What do you mean? I mean, how, 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 how you said, I will definitely want to see that this year. Do you think that it's going to have to be more? I mean, obviously it's going to be more than what it was last year, but do you think that this is the year where you can actually say, I see everything clearly I with, should his be able thought, to. with his thought process yes. and where he's where he's going because of everything that he has around him. Yes, I should be able, in my opinion, watching the film, I should be able to identify and quantify the Sark. The, the, the Sark total control of the, what he wants. The Sark schematic advantages. Yeah. The Sark right. cheat codes that give his team the edge. Um, like we're going to see him in that play calling rhythm. We've seen it early. But I, it early. My, ours is more for the end of the game. Yeah, because the beginning of the game, that's just his script, guys. Yes. That's his. Yep. He's been yep. working on that yep. for a week. Mm-hmm. He's been working on he's it the whole game week. Planning game planning for his first that, twenty plays. That Sark is great, but what happens to Sark? That's Sark. What happens to Sark is he becomes Steven throughout the course of the game when his script yeah, it dries got. up, yep. and he's got to improvise and he's got to coach on the fly and anticipate adjustments and come up with creative counters. You only got two quarters to do that. Yeah, you ain't got a whole week to do that. You can't sleep on it. I like it. You can't go to you can't say, oh, you know, I'm gonna stay up late and come up with some really good stuff. I got four or five hours to crush on. Nope. Yep. Nope. I like you it. You got a halftime and you got about two quarters to figure it out till you get to the fourth. And then the fourth, that's when you gotta close. Okay. You got about two quarters, but when your script is done in the first quarter, and then the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, where, hey, that's money time. And you gotta go find a way to win the game. You got about two quarters to figure out how your opponent is adjusting to you and come up with the correct and successful counter. And that's what Sark doesn't do well. But it's okay because you can always improve on that. Right. That's why he's getting all these special assistants. Because yeah, he wants somebody to help him anticipate these adjustments. Yeah. He it should he shouldn't be surprised by the adjustments of his opponents. He should go, oh, man, you mean they decided to adjust by putting extra guys in the box or dropping another safety? Those should be adjustments he anticipates. And if you are anticipating those adjustments, you should have counters already ready to go and going, I knew they were going to do this. Oh, man, I'm so ready for this. That's exactly I got the place ready to go. And that I don't see. I don't yeah. see a comfort when they make their adjustments going, oh, he should have like a, a villainous laugh. <laughs> Excellent. You when they make that adjustment. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, you got you, you don't got have anything. Yeah. I got this. He yeah. should have that. He should have that confidence. He doesn't. There's a panic. So that's why that's why my question to you was that. But also, we need to understand that Sark really believes in every play. Like you know that. If I go to this, this is going to be my money play. If he I does. can go to this, this will be my money play. He does believe that's that. How, that's how I got to see it on every call. We know it's not going to work every single play because there's going to be some miscommunication. There's going to be a different route. There's somebody's going to miss a block. But the scheme and what you're calling in the situation, ooh, we're just one play away from that. Oh, we saw this right here. That is what I'm looking for too. Yeah. Um, someone said he did it against UTSA. Um, that was an interception. It was Jade Barron's right? pick that really blew yeah. the game wide open against UTSA. Remember, that's a one-score game mm-hmm. in the middle of the third quarter. Jade Barron gets to pick six. Yeah. That's what blows the game wide open. Um, remember, other than that, they're going for it on fourth down. Remember, they drop a fourth down fourth version. Down. A, fourth fourth, down. a fourth and one. Yep. Jeff Taylor's going for it on fourth. Basically, the game turns mm-hmm. when they with, uh, Texas gets to pick six. Jade Barron, that was a one-score game until then. He gets to pick six. And then on that next drive, if I'm not mistaken, next drive or maybe the drive after that, UTSA uh, in their – no, maybe it's in Texas territory. They try to get a fourth down, fourth and one. And they go wide receiver screen, and the guy drops it. They perfect did. throw. It was. He dropped it. It would have been a first Harris, down. Man. It was a perfect throw, and the guy dropped it. And so I said, eh, 
I don't know if that was an adjustment by Sark. So I'm not trying to hate him. I'm just saying no. I would like to be able to quantify for you guys and go, hey, listen, this is what happened. And Sark, he was able to diagnose this, and then he was able to conjure up and come up with this really creative adjustment, and that's why they won the game. I have not said that in a while. That's all. Yeah. And that's and UTSA is not an example of that. <laughs> and neither is Baylor. Remember, nope. he tells you, basically, Baylor, I decided to give it to Bijan and give it to Rojo. That's not necessarily a schematic adjustment. That's just common sense. And did the same thing in the Iowa State game. It's just like, all right, you know what? My, none of my stuff is working. Right. It's three high, three down. <laughs> they whipping me. Bijan and Rojo, can y'all win this game for us? Yes, sir, we can. And yep. you don't have that anymore. So that's what I'm saying. I, now I'm, I need him to go win it. Washington was a perfect example of it. He should have been able to give Texas a schematic adjustment good enough to win that game. They were right there the whole time. But man, we Washington never pulled away. And they had to drop the touchdown, though. I mean, he had a. He, there were some plays that was missed because of drops. Okay, he so, would have been there. But I agree with you. But there was some plays that if, if you go, so I guess Washington by, didn't have any bad plays. No, 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 no. My point. But my I'm point saying is, they missed opportunities. I know, but it happens on both sides. Yeah. That, trust me, Washington's like, dude, we had like four, five missed opportunities too that we could have yeah. cashed in on. Iowa so State like, could say the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. So like, we can go in and trade excuses, but they're like. Yeah, and everybody's got Should've one of them, right? The we know what Whip those are. Bust the hand over there on the yeah, other side. Like, yeah, so, like so, it's a no excuses to it. We can't be like, well, remember he didn't, he didn't, he didn't drop that ball. Oh, he didn't got that sack. Come on, yeah. we have to get past that now. Yeah, for this year, we can't go. Oh no, man, he got that sack. We won that game versus Bama. It's like, yeah, but if butts, candies, and nuts. Yeah. We're on to the next. We're on to the next, and we're gonna see it this year. Yeah, so I, I'm still riding and saying we're yeah, gonna no, see I, it. I am too, but yep. just breaking it down. Just, yeah. All right, let's uh, get to some Astros and Angels discussion on the other side. We'll talk Major League Baseball and the big storylines for the Major League Baseball. And we second got some well. news talking about the Rangers as well. Oh, we good? just had the conversation and Uh-oh. the proposal. Of what has been in Bleacher Report. We'll talk about it when we come back. Nice. Yeah. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn, 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when my man Patrick the Idillionaire plays jams from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Empty Trail, and they are playing Saturday at the Hot Spots. Oh, I like that. Empty Trail. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it means something very, very existential and deep. Yeah, it's provocative. provocative. Uh, but nah, nah, I like that though. Uh, check out my man uh, uh, Patrick's uh, uh, suggestions, I should say, at, at hornfm.com for 512 Friday. Uh, you also can go up there and you can get any of the interviews that we had at Big 12 Media Days that you might have missed. Craig Way with Steve Sarkeesian, Craig Way uh, with Quinn Ewers. Craig Way actually interviewed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the whole crew that was up there. So you can go check that, check that out at hornfm.com or go to the YouTube page uh, at The Horn Austin on YouTube and you can watch all of those uh, videos as well. And you can interviews. also see our interview with X-Man as yes. he was talking as well. Uh, all right, and, so, uh, and I think the interview with Mac Brown that Greg right. has today oh, is up nice. there as well. That's a lot of good stuff on there. That's a lot out. of content. Yeah, people. just go kick yeah. it on hornfm.com for a while. Uh, okay, uh, Shohei Otani will be on the mound facing the Astros tonight uh, when they uh, face off against the Angels. Angels have been struggling as of late. Um, the Angels actually in the midst of a 
losing streak going back to before the break. Uh, they had, uh, I think they had just won one of their past 10 games and had been swept by the Dodgers and the Padres. That is not for lack of effort and excellence on mm-hmm. the part of Shohei Otani. He is leading, <laughs> he's leading the Angels in batting average, OBP, slugging percentage, OPS, home runs, the league, leading the league in home runs too, RBIs, um, stolen bases, ERA, whip, strikeouts. Pick something. He's just, got it. Just name it. Uh, yeah. He's also leading the majors in home runs with 32 and opposing batting average. I like this with 189 opposing batting average. Yeah. He's, he's a must watch television. Yeah, he's a freak. And tonight it will be, uh, he'll be batting second in the lineup. Obviously, they don't have Rendon. They do not have um, Trout. Trout. So Trout is out, and then you sit over here and you look at the Astros. You just told us that uh, Altuve is out, but they have enough in the lineup. The only problem that I'm having, too, because they're supposed to do rehab stints were supposed to start today for Alvarez. Alvarez was Mm -hmm. supposed to go uh, down to what's the Sugarland? Sugarland. Sugarland. The Space Cowboys. The Space Cowboys. That's where I was going. The Space Cowboys, but he's not going to go today because he has an illness. Okay. So he's not going to start his rehab tonight, so he'll probably end up having to wait either tomorrow or start it a little bit later this week. But those are some of the people that they need to try to get back because if they're going to try to catch the Texas Rangers before Otani gets there, Mm -mm. this is going to have to happen now. Not happening. Uh, Speaking of, because now they're in fourth place, right? The The Angels Angels are are, seven seven behind their Rangers, and now they're in fourth place. Real quick, before we get to this uh, this Rangers story, Shohei Rangers story Mm -hmm. uh, that you want to get to, I love this stat. Through uh, the first half of the season, Otani has been worth six and a half wins above replacement. Mm -hmm. So that's his war. Uh, four as a hitter and two and a half as a pitcher, that projects to him having 11.6 wins above replacement for the full season. If he does go over 11 wins above replacement, he'd become the first player to do so in more than two decades. Pedro Martinez is the first, sorry, the last pitcher to reach that threshold. He had 11.7 wins above replacement in 2000. And Barry Bonds, the last such position player to do it, had 11.7 wins above replacement in 2002. If Otani gets to 12 wins above replacement, which actually is realistic because he is such a freak. Uh, that would put him in even more rarefied air. Since integration, the only pitchers to post a 12 wins above replacement season were Dwight Gooden in 1985 with 12.2, Steve Carlton in 1972 with 12.1, and the only position player to do so, the great Call Yastrzemski. Yes. 12.4 wins above replacement in 1967. That is what kind of class right now that Otani is in, and that is a very rarefied small class of guys. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Very, Unbelievable what he's yeah. doing, man. And, you know, you can sit there and look at what what it all means, but the fact that he's a pitcher and a hitter, he is the ultimate weapon right now. Yeah, he is. Because he's, he's performing in sports. at sports. In yeah. sports, not yeah, just baseball. For sure. In sports. For sure. You know, there's there's a little comet that we're seeing from afar that's trying to come into orbit right now, and that's my man Wimby. But yeah. but over the top, this is the ultimate uh, oh, weapon right here. You agree? Yeah. Um, can the can the Rangers? Can we ask Jared Sandler? Can the Rangers acquire the best weapon in sports? Is that possible? There there is a possible, and there's a proposed trade that has been thrown out there, and this was on Bleacher Report uh, published okay. that. 
It said the Rangers will get DH and right-handed pitcher Shohei Otani. The Angels will get Evan Carter, who's the number eight prospect in the minor league in in, the, in major league baseball minor leagues right now, okay. where they, he's the prospect. Uh, Luis Angel Acuna, Ronald Acuna's little brother. He's a shortstop. He's the number sixty. Okay. Overall prospect. Eight and 60. And uh, right-handed pitcher Brock Porter, who's the 83rd prospect in all of Major League Baseball. So when you sit here and you look at that and you say, wow, could this be something that could be entertained? And everyone's like, I don't know if that's enough. Well, the only reason why it, wouldn't, it would be enough is because you're not guaranteed that you're going to get Shohei Otani. That's just a so, rent. He's a rental. Yeah, he would be a rental, and yeah. you don't. So the imp- price is for a rental, not yeah. That's what you got to think about, and that's yes. why it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at it and you're looking at the numbers, number eight, number sixty, and number eighty-three overall prospect in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. you kind of like, huh? Yeah, this is this is the time because Carter. He was a prospect, but he really got fired up this year. Right now he's in 301, 413, and a 464 on-base percentage. I mean, that's over two levels. Acuna, strong season. He's in double-A right now. And Porter was the top draft uh, prospect in last year's draft. Mm. So you're getting fresh stuff right now. Yeah. And I saw Acuna, Acuna uh, brother. I, I told you when I got back, I think Ronald Acuna's brother – is part of the uh That is crazy. The, and That's he is brother? an absolute stud. That, he is a stud. <laughs> I didn't get just sunk in that. That's yeah. his brother. I'm like, that's his brother. That's his brother. And he's killing it right now. Yeah, he may be in Round Rock here soon. I know wow. I know we were talking to some people and they thought Carter would be up here pretty soon too. Uh might want to entice yourself and say, Yeah, Man. let's go ahead and do this. Yeah, they're run- I'm I, not I, above I, it. I'm not above it. That is uh that's interesting. And for a rental, you think that's that's enough that's value. Enough value. It's a value in return. Because you're not guaranteed. Yeah, that. it's a rental to put you over the top for yes. the for the season. Yes. Okay. I'm down with that. Man, I am I was some Rangers fans. I'm I'm praying and I'm hoping to the be- baseball guys that y'all get him. Yep. Well, I mean, as an Astros fan, I don't think the Astros are in a position not in to that. make a move. So, no. hey, I'm just all about. I'm all about now having better stuff to talk about, more entertainment. We got Wimby in San Antonio, <laughs> yeah. keep the storylines pumping, and we can get Otani down there in uh, Arlington and D Town, keep the storylines pumping for yep. the Rangers. Yep. I'm all about it. I'm and all I'm about lo- it. And I'm looking at it too. You start looking at all these other teams, and I know we got Atlanta Braves fans that firmly believe that the Braves are in play. I agree with you. The Braves are definitely in play. But what are they, again, are you willing to do it? Because all rumors seem to believe that Shohei Otani wants to be either in New York but really wants to stay on the West Coast. Mm. So that is another factor. You know who won't get them? The A's. Yeah, they ain't got nothing. <laughs> they don't want them. <laughs> all they want Too is Vegas. Yeah, all they That's want right. is Vegas right That's now. Right. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in the oven. Let you know what's on tap. Oh, real quick, this stat we were talking about Winsboro replacement. Love this texture. He says, Rod, in 1972, when Steve Carlton went 27 and 10, the Phillies' overall record was 54 and 108. Yeah, so he won 50 percent of their wins. Damn. Yeah, he was that's dope. That's wins above replacement right there. Yeah, the lefty uh, Thanks for that texture. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up, put it in the oven, let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put down the horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah I've been known to drink a beer or two. 
think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. Um, Hard, you were just talking before the break about uh, the Braves. Yeah. Because that's your team right now. Yeah, you, they're, 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 they're hot. they hot. They are hot. They um, are hot. Ronald Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr., who we were just talking about too, he's hot. So I didn't realize this. Yeah. Um, He's on pace mm-hmm. to set his own kind of freaky record. You brought this up earlier in the season, so I'm just trying to give the update, basically. Um, he is on a legendary pace with a 21 home run, 41 steal first half. He's on pace for 38 home runs and 75 steals over the full season. Um, that would give him the opportunity to be the first in yes. the 4070 club. Yeah. Only one. Be the only one. Only Rick, one. Ricky Henderson had 28 homers and 70 plus steals in 1986. Yeah. He's the closest. Yeah. Even the 30 70 club is empty. There's only a 28 yeah. <laughs> 70 plus club. That's why and I said he was about a to get freak. It. He's a freak. That's why That's when crazy. they said you can only throw over twice, he takes full advantage of wow. that. He's, 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 he's another X factor. That is crazy, and they're on pace. I guess basically the Braves are on pace to be like he like basically lead the majors in home runs. Yeah, they're swinging at like two hundred. They hit a grand slam in the first inning already today. That is freakish, man. Matt Olson with number thirty. That's must watch television. It too. is. They are fun yeah. to watch, and our man Chipper Jones told us that. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. uh, go to hornfm.com if you miss any part of any of the shows. Go there. What you got on tap tonight? I'm gonna watch some more uh, quarterback. Oh, that's right. Outstanding. You know what? Maybe we're going to check that out, too. You need to check it out. I might check it out. I'm going to watch the first episode of the the Netflix quarterback documentary. What you got on tap, Adam? Uh, Astros Angels and Summer League. Spurs play at 8 (gasps) o'clock. Serge Jabari Rice is debuting tonight for the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Carr started the last game for the Suns. They play at 9.30. Timmy Allen plays for the Grizzlies. They play at 10. Nice. Patrick just added, like, three things to my my list of things I got to watch tonight. I can't focus. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Remember, the Rebels should not be televised. Talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of you. more plays. Take care of each other. Peace.